You're listening to Biceps After Babies Radio, episode number 41. Hello, and welcome to Biceps After Babies Radio, a podcast for ladies who know that fitness is about so much more than pounds lost or PRs. It's about feeling confident in your skin and empowered in your life. I'm your host, Amber Brzezinski, a registered nurse, personal trainer, wife, and mom of four. Each week, my guests and I will excite and motivate you to take action in your own personal fitness as we talk about nutrition, exercise, mindset, personal development, and executing life with conscious intention. If your goal is to look, feel, and be strong and experience transformation from the inside out, you, my friend, are in the right place. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's jump into today's episode. Hey, 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 welcome back to another episode of Biceps After Babies Radio. I'm your host, Amber Brzezicki, and today we're going to talk about all things pregnancy and fitness. So this is for all of you moms who maybe are pregnant currently or who are planning on getting pregnant in the future, or maybe for some of you who have been pregnant in the past and you want to learn more about it to help out a sister or a friend, um, this is a great episode. Tessa shares some really great information that will be helpful to you. A couple things before we dive into the interview. I do first want to apologize for the audio. There was not a great connection apparently between the two of us and there were some dropped words and we tried to clean as much of it as we could up in post audio, but there it's not the best. So I, I, I understand that and I apologize for that, but I think that you still will be able to understand what she's saying and be able to find a lot of value in the things that Tessa is sharing. Also, I want to recommend, we talk a little bit about the pelvic floor in this episode, but if you're interested in a deep dive into pelvic floor health and pelvic floor strengthening, I really encourage you to go back and listen to episode number 37 that I did with my husband, Dr. Brzezicki, about pelvic floor. That's his specialty. And so we had a really deep dive into learning about the pelvic floor. for death. So definitely go back and listen to that episode. Plus you get to hear me and my husband chat back and forth, which is, is kind of fun. So before we dive into the episode, I just want to do a brief introduction of Tessa. So I'm interviewing Tessa Romero today, and she is a pre and postnatal specialist. And her focus is on um, moms who are pregnant, but then also just moms in general. So she does a lot of help with helping them figure out workouts and be inspired. And she has a community that she'll talk about. And uh, I really suggest checking that out if you're looking for a little bit more fitness and workout inspiration. So without further ado, let's hop into the episode with Tessa Romero. I would like to welcome Tessa Romero to the podcast. Hey, Tessa, how are you? Good, Amber. How are you? I'm very good. And I'm really excited to dive into this. I was just telling Tessa that I haven't done like a pregnancy podcast yet. And I I need to do one for like myself, kind of talking you through my experience with pregnancy. But I'm excited to have Tessa start this off for all of you moms or all of you women who are pregnant or are planning to get pregnant or who have been pregnant. And so we can kind of chat about this experience because it is, it is something that a lot of women experience and go through and have a lot of questions about. A hundred percent. And I feel like the more that women feel empowered to share their personal experience and their stories um, centered around pregnancy, it really does give women more confidence when they go into their own personal journey to know that, you know, some things are going to happen that are unexpected. Um, but when we feel like we're relating with others, it really, it just brings so much empowerment to other women. Absolutely. Awesome. So Tessa, can you kind of just tell us who you are and what you do? Yes, of course. My name is Tessa Romero. I am 24 years old. I'm a new mom. 
Um, my son was born in June of 2018. So he's almost a year and I can't even wrap my mind around that. <laughs> um, but that has come with so many amazing experiences for me, but we can touch more on that. I am a certified pre and postnatal fitness specialist, which again, my pregnancy and my personal experience, um, really did push me to want to learn more about fitness during pregnancy. So that's why I got that certification done. And I'm also the creator of Body by Mommy, which is an online um, fitness group that really centers around increasing accountability for women to take care of themselves, get their workouts done, feel their very best, both physically and mentally, um, and just feel empowered by knowing that you have an entire community around you going through very similar things. Um, but still, we're all working towards the same goal. So that's pretty much pretty much me over here. <laughs> that's awesome. So, so how did you get into fitness? Was it something that you've always done or was this kind of like a post baby thing? It was for sure pre baby, which I'm really excited that I was already, you know, into my own little groove with fitness and I had a routine down. It was very um, much so an, a smooth transition for me to continue exercising during pregnancy. Although I did have to change a lot I didn't just sit back my whole pregnancy. Like I stayed very active, but before then my husband actually introduced me to fitness in general. I, I did not live a healthy lifestyle. Um, I really didn't exercise much besides running a couple days a week. I thought that was really the only way to exercise. So I was on the other extreme end where you're not sure what to do. So you just kind of run a little bit and you know, you don't, you don't know what to do with nutrition. So you're just eating fast food and a couple salads here and there and thinking that that's balance. Um, so I've learned a lot from my husband. My husband is the associate director of strength and conditioning at Southern Utah university. So he trains athletes and that's always been his passion. So a lot of my passion and knowledge has come from him and we kind of just paired up together mm -hmm. <laughs> with that. And he's helped me tremendously and always pushes me to be better. So I can't thank him enough, but yeah, he actually got me started and introduced me to weightlifting, high intensity interval training, and just showed me there are other ways to exercise. Um, running was not, not a good match for my body. So I just skipped out on running from now on. <laughs> yeah. So tell me, tell me what that relationship is like at the gym with you guys, because I feel like in my life, like the situation is reversed. Like I've always been very involved in fitness. I've always weightlifted and my husband never did it. And so then when we went to the gym together, that dynamic between like me trying to tell him what to do and correcting his form <laughs> didn't always go over super well. I'm interested if you had the same experience or if you're like a better student. Um, so maybe I'm a little bit of a better student, <laughs> but I think that's just because I didn't know anything and I really wanted to feel better. And I trusted my husband and everything he was telling me. And I wanted, I wanted to feel strong. Honestly. Um, I wasn't very strong before. I mean, you know, a barbell is 45 pounds mm -hmm. and my husband had, when he first started training me, he had me just use the barbell and I yelled at him. I was like, this is way too heavy. I don't know who you think I am, but this is too heavy. Yeah. So our relationship has grown tremendously from using exercise as a way to connect together, have those similarities, have great conversations and learn together. But we went through a phase of course, where I just did everything and anything he told me to do. But as I became more knowledgeable in different exercises and things that I preferred to do, <laughs> I started not following his program. So that was a really tricky 
spot for us when he would give me a, I would ask him for a workout and I'd look at it and be like, well, you know, I actually kind of feel like doing this instead. And he'd be like, throw his hands up, like, whatever, go do what you're going to do. Then if you're not going to follow my program, then do your own thing. So, um, yeah, I, he knows that if he gives me a workout, I'm most likely going to alter it, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but he, um, I trust him when he corrects me with my form. I love it. I love it when he coaches me, um, to be better and does help me with my form. I feel like form is so overlooked and I don't want to be overlooking form because you know, if you get injured, then you're out completely. So you might as well go lower in weight and perfect your form and then increase the weight as you become stronger and have that good form to handle it. So he's just, he's the perfect coach for me. And it really has strengthened our relationship and now marriage because we have those things in common and we both enjoy it so much. Awesome. Yeah. Some of our best dates were, uh, we would go to the gym together and the kids would go to the childcare <laughs> and my <laughs> husband and I would spend, you know, two hours lifting together and yeah. we would chat and talk and, um, that's fun. It's fun to be able to it's do great that way. together. Yeah. It's a great way to connect and really just have that healthy element in your life together where you both feel powerful um, and strong. And you guys, you know, that you're strong enough. If you wanted to go on a hike together, you guys could both handle that. It doesn't have to be in the gym. The gym's a great place, of course, but outside of the gym too, keeping up with your kids, there are just so many reasons (laughs) to stay active and fit and healthy. Yeah. So talk to us about what happened when you had your son or when you got pregnant with your son and you know, you had this experience of like lifting in the gym and you have this experience exercising and then all of a sudden you get pregnant. How did things change and how did you deal with that transition? Okay. So that is, I'm so glad that we're talking about that because I was not prepared (laughs) when it happened. Um, but I'm so, I feel so fortunate that it did happen to me because it totally put me on my career path. Um, so everything definitely happens for a reason, but yes, what you're saying, I went from weightlifting really heavy, pretty heavy weights, um, practicing Olympic lifts and I would do high intensity training mixed in. Like I definitely had my own training style, but I, again, I really focus on form and I don't do anything unless I know confidently that I can perform it to a T and make sure that my form's on point. But what happened when I got pregnant was I was not expecting the shortness of breath that everyone's going to experience. And as you know, when you lift weights, you really have to focus on your breathing. Um, Mm -hmm. and your breathing is going to be so powerful when connecting your form and connecting your movements. And what happened with me was I wasn't prepared for that type of just exhaustion. Honestly, like my body just felt really tired and lifting heavy weights was not helping. Mm-hmm. how tired my body felt. And on top of that, my, I could notice, thankfully gyms have mirrors everywhere. So even if I wasn't really noticing, I could look in the mirror and say, okay, my form is not looking like it needs to look, and I'm not breathing the way I need to be breathing. So I would either lower the weight or go to a different exercise because my goal was to just exercise in general during my pregnancy. And a lot of my transition out of heavy weightlifting and into strictly high intensity interval training was because of my own personal insecurities um, at the gym. In that first trimester of pregnancy, it can be really challenging with your body image. And you can go from feeling 
really rock solid, confident in your body and your ability and your body image. And then things just start changing that are completely out of your control. They are normal changes, but you're not really prepared for them. And there's the bloating and you kind of just feel fluffy everywhere, but you don't look pregnant. So it's Mm -hmm. just, you know, you feel like people are looking at you when they're not, but you put these ideas in your head. And, um, at my gym in particular, I, talk to everybody. I'm a pretty friendly person. And, um, I had some comments made to me. They're like, well, don't worry. You can get back in shape and, you know, don't worry. You'll, you'll bounce right back. You'll have a really smooth labor just because you've been lifting and you're so active. And it was honest. It just put a little bit of pressure on me. I was like, well, oh my gosh, I don't even know what I'm doing. Like, I don't feel confident in what I'm doing. My clothes are way too tight. I don't, I just, I did not like the environment I was in. So I actually started working out at home <laughs> to take myself mm, out of that off. environment. Yeah. And it mentally was a great, an amazing switch for me. And I really needed it. And I would encourage any women to do that. You don't, the gym is of course an amazing place where you don't have to go buy all of your own equipment and have a squat rack at your house. But, um, the gym can be a little bit challenging mentally and you really need to hone in on yourself and say, I am confident in my own abilities. And if I don't know how to do something, I'm confident to ask somebody for help. But I feel like pregnancy is another challenge where you don't feel in your body anymore. Things are changing that you can't even really explain why um, and all that's happening. So for me personally, stepping away from the gym was the best decision. Even though weightlifting was my main source of exercise, I started just writing my own workouts at home and doing high intensity interval training. And I actually would FaceTime my sister and we would work out together over FaceTime. I went and bought 15 pound dumbbells (laughs) and I would just do 30 to 40 minute hit workouts in my living room five days a week. And it honestly, it was just the perfect transition for me where I could still feel strong and I still got great results. Um, my training style was different for sure, but for my body and what I was experiencing, that was definitely the best choice for me. Although it was really very unexpected. I, I really did expect to lift heavy throughout my pregnancy and there are great benefits to lifting, but you know, when you hold two 15s throughout a high intensity interval training workout, that can be killer too. So there are just more than, there's more than one way to stay fit and active during your pregnancy. And I would just encourage women to do what feels comfortable for them and something they can maintain throughout pregnancy. Yeah. And I think it it can be hard too, especially in this age of social media is that that comparison game, I feel like is almost stronger when you're pregnant, Mm -hmm. right? You like follow all these other pregnant ladies on Instagram (laughs) and you like see what they're doing and you see how much weight they've gained and you see how cute they look. And Mm -hmm. the comparison game can get real strong and you have all of these hormones running through you and (laughs) you think, oh, well, she's doing that. So I should be able to do it. And our pregnancies are all different and people experience pregnancy in such a wide variety that mm-hmm. you just can't even compare. So I love that you were able to like, listen to your body, listen to yourself and not feel like you had to do something that maybe somebody else was doing. Oh, for sure. And I am the first, I will raise my hand so fast. If people say, if you've ever struggled with comparing yourself to other people or, um, especially on Instagram and social media, it can be, Oh man, it can be hard. I've had to unfollow several accounts during my pregnancy, because I would just cry to my husband 
And I was like, I don't know how they're doing this, but I feel really inferior right now. And it's messing with me mentally and I'm not happy in this place. So we just went through my Instagram account together and unfollowed all the accounts that made me feel that way. Mm-hmm. And it really helped. <laughs> yeah. So, so you work with a lot of women and a lot of specifically pregnant women and moms. Uh, mm-hmm. So what is a mistake that you see or a couple of mistakes that you see often come up in your clients? Yes. So what, what I, it's really hard to nail down one thing, but I would say one of the biggest mistakes that I see women make is sitting on one extreme or the other, like, and these two extremes are going to be you use pregnancy as a reason to not exercise at all because maybe you feel intimidated or the lack of guidance. You're not sure where even to start or you haven't seen research since 1980 that shows the benefits of exercise during pregnancy. So you're looking at research before 1980 and you're like, oh, no, 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 can't exercise for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, Or maybe maybe you're just not being really honest with yourself and you're using this as a time to kind of take a break and sit back and not exercise, which I wouldn't really recommend, but I'm not judging, you know, Mm -hmm. do what works best for you, but understand that there are amazing benefits proven by research about exercise during pregnancy. But then there's the other extreme, right? So there's the don't exercise at all. And then there's the other extreme where maybe you had a fitness routine or you didn't before, and then you just go all out. You go so hard. You give no grace and rest and recovery time for your body. You're not um, acknowledging your abdomen and your pelvic floor. You're just, you're just going hard for really no reason at all. (laughs) The research doesn't say you have to be so crazy, um, pushing your body to new limits during pregnancy. The research says moderate activity for 30 minutes, um, five days a week. So really we don't need to be on either extreme. There's a very happy medium where we can learn about our body, respect our pelvic floor, respect our abdomen, feel our best, both physically and mentally. Um, there's that happy medium, but that big mistake is sitting on one side or the other, instead of just trying to listen to what your body is telling you to do and be in tune. Um, and then the second biggest mistake is for sure, not paying attention to the stress and changes happening in your body on your pelvic floor and your abdomen. Um, so just training your abdomen, the same that you would before pregnancy or, um, being really brutal and aggressive on your pelvic floor when, you know, your uterus is (laughs) growing 10 times the size right now. And that's a lot of weight and pressure on your pelvic floor. So I would say just, just those two things are probably the biggest where you're on one side or the other, or you're not respecting the pelvic floor and abdomen. Cool. Okay. I want to dive definitely more into, you know, the abdomen and pelvic floor. Um, but before Mm -hmm. we go there, um, I, I want to kind of reiterate what you said and, and just really encourage anybody who's listening to know yourself. I feel like we probably know where we're at on that continuum. Are you someone who is really conservative and you give yourself a whole, like almost too much grace and mm-hmm. the excuses are always piling. You like always have an excuse for everything. Or yes. are you on the other end where you're like, I always go hard. I never take recovery. I never take breaks. Like this is my personality. Like, I think you kind of probably know where you're at on that continuum. And kind of what Tessa is saying is that if you're at either end of those continuum, like trying to come more into the middle. So maybe you do need to like, if you give yourself a whole lot of grace and you are always like quitting, 
any tweak or anything that like, Oh, that may be too much. You know, you're, you're just stopping. Maybe you need to follow some people who are like Olympic weightlifters who are nine months pregnant and throwing weights over their head to like encourage you to be like, no, like you can do this pregnant. And if you're somebody Mm -hmm. who is like always gung ho, maybe you're following some accounts that are like, we need to like have rest and we need to like breathe and we need to like (laughs) have grace with our bodies and things like that. But the important thing is knowing where you Mm -hmm. you are on that continuum and maybe coming a little bit more towards moderation. Yeah. And I, I love what you're saying because I am not, I never want women to see pregnancy as a time to kick back and relax. Like if anything, this is the time to take care of your body. This is the time to focus on your nutrition no, I'm sorry. You are not eating for two. Like, Mm -hmm. let's be real. You don't need double the calories and being at, you know, if you were at 1500, you don't need to jump to 3000. If you were at 2000, you don't need to jump to 4000. Things don't just double because you're growing a baby. Like there's real ways to follow this. Mm -hmm. Um, and same thing with exercise. You don't need if you were lifting weights, you don't need to just do yoga now or belly breathing and only focus on release work of the pelvic floor. Like, yes, those things have a time and place in your fitness routine and you can start incorporating them more, of course. So you can practice that relaxation and release work of your pelvic floor and understand the benefits of properly breathing. But girl, keep doing what you're doing. You are strong enough. You are strong enough to keep going. Um, and pregnancy is not a time to say I'm pregnant. I'm done. Peace out. Like, no, that's not what it is. Well, and obviously everybody should talk to their doctor about what their doctor expects and, and, and would Mm -hmm. like to see. But you know, when I was going to, when I was pregnant and going to my doctor, the, the big thing that he kept saying to me is like, pregnancy is a time for like maintenance, right? So like Mm -hmm. my goal wasn't to PR, like it wasn't to like push my weights. My goal was simply to maintain my level of strength throughout my pregnancy. Um, and sometimes that required modifications, but honestly, like I didn't reduce my weights any, Mm -hmm. like during my pregnancy, I just continued to maintain them and continue to maintain that strength. And for people listening, one of the best things that you can do, if you want to have a labor, a good labor, and you want to have a good recovery, it's, it's what happens before that, that really helps with that like labor and recovery. It's like the nine months that you do the work that you do for nine months before that, that allows you to be able to get up and walk around and like have a good recovery, Mm -hmm. um, post baby. Yeah. And honestly, it helps so much mentally too. Like for sure. I know there are a lot of things out of control with hormones and such, but when you feel your best going into labor and then comes, you, I was just shocked at how great I felt and I wanted to return to exercise. And then, you know, I had to take a step back and say, my body is not quite ready to return to what I was doing. And that's okay. That's totally normal. Um, but again, what you're saying that, that work you put in during pregnancy does not go unnoticed. Your body will thank you a hundred times over. It will thank you for what you do. Yeah, absolutely. So what I just wanted to continue on what you were saying with your doctor said, this is a great time for maintenance. I, I, you know, we don't need to PR or push anything crazy, but I would say you are very lucky and fortunate that your doctor told you that because my doctor just said, keep doing what you're doing. And, um, I just felt really lost in, in that phrase. I was like, what is, what does that mean though? And that's why I wanted to get that certification. Cause I just, I was so curious as to why it is we do the things we do during pregnancy. 
um, and more, I wanted more guidance. So when I got my certification done, I've learned so much and I actually did it in my postpartum period. And I'm really glad that I did because it's helped me postpartum as well. But I would say for pregnant women, do more research than just what your doctor says. I love that your doctor says this is a great time for maintenance, but you are, you're capable. You're capable of doing some research on what exactly your body's going through, what would benefit you to do during pregnancy. I wish I would have known about release work. Holy crap. That would have been good to know. (laughs) Um, but you know, there are set, there are so many benefits to lifting weights and there are so many benefits to focusing on your body alignment when you lift weights. And that's how we can kind of avoid some of those common aches and pains, which we'll talk about. But Mm -hmm. I love that your doctor says it's time, it's time for maintenance. And I feel like that kind of puts you on the middle of the scale where don't use this as a time to chill and use lots of grace and rest. And don't use this as a time to push your body past limits that you're even comfortable at. Yeah. Well, well, here's the truth guys too. My husband is an OBGYN. So that definitely helps. Like I have my own like OBGYN, but understand just like a lot of women will search around and like shop for a doctor who has the same beliefs as they have about like delivery, right? Like you want to mm-hmm. find a doctor who has like some people want a natural delivery. And so they like shop around for a doctor who that's like kind of their mojo. The same thing for yeah. me applied to exercise. Like I knew that there was research supporting that it was beneficial. I knew that I didn't need to just do yoga for the rest of my, my pregnancy. And so to me, mm-hmm. that wasn't important enough that I found a provider who was supportive of that. Um, and if, if I had gone into my provider and they said, oh no, you really like, you should just stretch and do yoga for your whole pregnancy. Like I would have been out of there because that, to, that wasn't what I wanted And I knew that there was research to support it. And so, you know, if that's something that's important to you, finding a doctor who is supportive or a provider, you know, a midwife or whatever you're looking for that is supportive of um, you staying active through your pregnancy, I think can go a long way. Oh, for sure. I couldn't agree more. That's your spot on there. Yeah. Okay. So let's dive into um, your pelvic floor and release work and things like that. So what are, what are the, some of these words that you're using and what are some suggestions you have for women who are pregnant right now and going through this? With your floor, it's a muscle just like anything else, um, but it's a very useful, valuable muscle that just goes unnoticed until there's an issue. But our goal is to learn about it before we have those issues, or at least if we have the issues, know that there are resources to help us. Um, and when I'm talking about issues, I'm talking about painful sex. Maybe you have a lot of pain in your hips. That can relate to your pelvic floor. If you struggle with urinary incontinence, which is leaking urine, um, either urgency or impact related. So as soon as you have the urge to use the restroom, you basically have to run there um, or else you're peeing your pants. Or if you have impact um, induced urinary incontinence, that's if you jump, your jumping rope, Mm -hmm. your jogging, anything that gives you that impact. Um, a pelvic floor physiotherapist, pelvic health physiotherapist is going to be the best person to tell you the integrity of your pelvic floor and help you work through that. But what I'm talking about is understanding with release work, it's not always just about strengthening your pelvic floor. Um, And a great example of that is doing a bicep curl. So if you were to curl and you held your arm out at a 90 degree angle, you curled it up to your shoulder and back down to 90 degrees, up to shoulder, down to 90 degrees. You're only working a portion of your bicep. You're not mm-hmm. fully extending the muscle and getting the full range of motion from going completely extended all the way up to a full contraction where you bring the weight up to your shoulder. Um, same thing with women 
doing Kegels. A lot of women don't even understand how to do a Kegel properly. So we're just tightening the, the vaginal muscles over and over and over and assuming that we're doing the work that needs to be done. But if you already carry tension in your pelvic floor, just like any other muscle, maybe um, your jaw, you carry tension or your traps, your pelvic floor can carry tension as well. If you already carry that tension and then you go about doing your Kegels, you're just, you're not working the full range of motion of that muscle. You're not releasing all the way and then contracting up all the way. You're just getting little, little minor bicep curls, halfway mm, bicep mm-hmm. yeah. curls is what you're doing with, doing with your pelvic floor. So what we want to focus on is understanding how to completely relax and release the pelvic floor before we go into the Kegels. And the Kegel, um, that's another visual I can give you where we're not just squeezing as hard as we can. Um, if you imagine a blueberry just resting at the bottom of your vagina, the goal of the Kegel is to actually lift up the blueberry, um, not just squeeze it. So we want to lift up and hold and then bring the blueberry all the way back down and get a full contraction. But a lot of women are squeezing the blueberry and more so making blueberry juice rather than lifting, holding, protecting the blueberry and setting it back down. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I like yeah, that visual. So- yeah. So uh, that's a real, I love using that one. There's also like sucking a smoothie, but I feel like the blueberry works a little bit better, but we have to keep in mind, like your anus is involved in your pelvic floor muscles. So it's not just your, your vagina. You have to be contracting the anus and the vagina and completely lifting the pelvic floor and then releasing all the way back down to relax. So if that's something you're struggling with, or you feel like you do carry tension in your pelvic floor, Um, There are release work movements you can do using like a lacrosse ball, Um, really working on breaking up the tight tissue in your gluteus muscles is a great one as well. But honestly, talking with your doctor, seeing a pelvic floor physiotherapist, those are going to be your best resources to help get you um, where you need to be because they'll actually do the internal exam. Whereas I'm just giving you visuals and trying to help guide you through. Yeah. Yes. And they can actually like make sure you're working the right muscles and uh, can see what that feels like. Because a lot of times women think that they're doing Kegels, kind of like you're talking about, and even their Kegels aren't actually working what they think it's working. Um, so that's, that's really awesome advice. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. And if you are interested in learning more about the pelvic floor, I really highly suggest you go back and listen to episode number 37. Um, so what Tessa is saying, like, my husband is the surgeon that repairs those things. Um, and so he came on and he talked all about pelvic floor health and all about how you can strengthen that pelvic floor. And so if you are interested in learning more about like pelvic floor from a physician, definitely go listen to episode number 37. Um, okay. So that's awesome. Yes. How can women help, um, how can women modify during their pregnancy? Like what should we be watching for? What should we be paying attention to in our body? Cause I think sometimes everyone's like, Oh yeah, listen to your body, listen to your body. And then some people are like, uh, how do I listen to my body? <laughs> like, I don't know. Yeah, what does what, that even mean? What is my body saying? I don't know. So what are some <laughs> things that maybe they should be watching for or listening for, or like seeing if this comes up that maybe that's a, a sign that some modification maybe needs to be done. Okay. I love that. So my biggest suggestion for women, because I always want to encourage them to continue doing the exercise that they love. They love it physically. They love it mentally. It helps them feel amazing. So if you want to do weightlifting, do your weightlifting. You want to swim, do your swimming, high intensity training, do it. Um, you know, do what you do it 
makes you feel best, but there are for sure things that we should be aware of. One is definitely always going to be your body alignment and your posture. Um, that's important in any type of exercise that you do. If your alignment is out of whack, that's when we're going to start experiencing more pain and discomfort, maybe in your hips, your back, your knees, um, up in your trap area, like your upper body, all of that alignment is kind of being challenged right now. And it's shifting because, you know, your abdomen's growing outward. Maybe your breasts are increasing in size, which is just creating to the additional load and your body wants to compensate for that. But just because <laughs> your body wants to compensate doesn't mean you have to push your abdomen out forward, um, and have an anterior pelvic tilt where you're pushing your abdomen out and you're kind of popping your booty out backwards behind you. And you have a really deep curve in your low back. Have you ever seen a pregnant woman stand like that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that is actually causing more harm and it, and it sounds like, Oh, that's just how we compensate, right? Like put more load on, um, our back, but ideally our abdomen is strong enough to carry the front load that's happening and keeping the pelvis in a neutral position where it's not, um, arching interiorly, pushing interiorly will keep it neutral. So you can imagine having your hips kind of tucked a little bit. Um, and that's going to help you work your abdomen and not put so much load on your back. Same thing with your upper body as your breasts increase in size. I see a lot of women, especially in the postpartum period where we're learning to take care of our baby, maybe breastfeeding. We round our shoulders down and forward or even up and forward. So we're kind of pinching our ears and uh, squeezing our chest together is like the best way I can give you a visual. Mm -hmm. But in, what we really want to do is have our shoulders down and pulling back. So you're kind of slightly pinching your shoulder blades together, opening up that chest, um, keeping your spine in a straight alignment and having that really gentle curve in your low spine. That's how you can know you're not tucking your hips too far forward, um, but you just are keeping your pelvis neutral. So being aware of your alignment is so important. Same thing with your posture. You don't want to sit down with your hips tucked under. You want to sit down directly on your sits bones rather than tucking your tailbone under. Um, but again, our, our society, we kind of have slouch postures and we sit with our tailbone tucked under, which is not optimal for our bodies, especially during pregnancy. So no matter what exercise you want to do during your pregnancy, keep a real close eye on your posture and alignment. Um, and also focus on using that strong core so that it can help support all that growth and the adjustment that's happening, the centers happening, uh, movements happening and not put so much load on your back by arching and rounding your shoulders down. Perfect. So I would say for sure, watch out for that. And then with modifications, um, if you are struggling with your pelvic floor as it is, and this one's kind of tricky to say, but a general a general rule of thumb is to reduce the impact that you are going through, and that will help to better protect your pelvic floor. Um, a lot of women feel really, really strong during pregnancy, and that is so awesome. But again, with that postpartum recovery period, we have to understand that our pelvic floor is already going through so much. And when you add in a ton of like box jumps and you're jumping rope every day <laughs> or doing, um, squat jumps every day or anything like that, you are putting more impact on the pelvic floor. So I'm not saying you have to take out all types of 
any type of hop, but just try and be more gentle. So instead of an aggressive jump with a big, um, hard landing, just maybe raise up to your toes or maybe do a small hop instead and focus on really using your pelvic floor. And the last one I'd, I'd say is your abdomen. Um, the rectus abdominis, which is that front abdominal wall muscle. I try to <laughs> get visuals as much as I can with this, but that front abdominal wall muscle is already being stretched. Okay. Things have to move forward, make room for baby. We get that. Um, and some people really do have stronger abdominal muscles than others. So this is another one that's tricky because I did front planks in my pregnancy. Um, and I, I wasn't coning or doning where the linea alba, that center line down your abdomen is bulging forward. My abdomen wasn't doing that. In all reality, did I need to be doing those front planks? No, I didn't. I could have been doing side planks and taking the front load off of my abdomen. So even though we're strong enough to do some things, maybe it's best to just throw a modification in there, um, strengthen your abdomen still, but still protect the integrity of your muscles. Understand that they are being stretched. The linea alba is doing its job and it's stretching. Um, so just respecting it during this time, same thing with your pelvic floor, respecting it, but still continue to do it feels great. Um, and throw a couple modifications in there where you're still getting a great workout. You're still working your abdomen, but you are protecting that rectus abdominis and allowing for the best possible postpartum recovery. Um, especially when it comes to diastasis recti, really helping out your abdomen to come back together by having the strong transverse abdominals, um, and obliques that could really pay off tremendously in your postpartum recovery. Awesome. That's such good advice. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that people listening, um, are, are taking the advice that you're giving because it is such an important time to be taking care of your body. And mm -hmm. again, your recovery is going to be impacted so much by the things yeah. that Tessa was saying. Um, so that's really awesome. So how can women know if they really do need to maybe like take a step back from exercising? Is there any like signs that they should watch for that really could be like a red flag of like, Hey, you need to like, we need to, we need to actually go to yoga right now. <laughs> like we actually need to stop weightlifting and go to something like <laughs> yoga. Yeah. So uh, there are for sure. And always, always, always be open with your physician about what you're experiencing during your pregnancy. Because again, there are things that are out of our control. Um, and you do want to be exercise is extremely beneficial and you can receive again, amazing benefits from it. But there can be some contraindications to that where you are experiencing this and you should not be exercising. If your doctors put you on bed rest, please do not right. exercise. <laughs> like, listen to your doctor 100%. But just based off of how your body feels and understanding like, okay, I'm not using pregnancy right now as a way to get out of doing my workout that my body's capable of doing. Um, but I'm noticing some maybe subtle changes. Again, I'm experiencing more back and hip pain because maybe my alignment isn't where it needs to be. So today I'm going to focus on more recovery, stretching, using a lacrosse ball and a foam roller to break up that tight tissue um, and focus on that instead today. Or maybe, maybe I am going to do the yoga class or something lower impact like swimming and still get a great workout in. Um, so I would say if you're really questioning if it's time to take a step back. That's honestly a sign for me in general, if you're questioning that, but mm. mental health is 
so important during your pregnancy. So if you, you need to be really clear with yourself, why are you doing this workout? Is it because you truly, it makes you feel great physically and mentally, or are you doing it because you feel just a tremendous amount of pressure to keep up with the girl that you follow on social media? Mm -hmm. Because if you are just trying to keep up with somebody else and do the same thing someone else is doing, because that's what they did during their pregnancy, you have to understand that we're all different. Everybody is going to go through something different during pregnancy. Um, and if you just stick to what feels best for you physically and mentally, um, then you're going to have better results during your pregnancy and mentally feel so great, both during pregnancy and postpartum. Um, because it's, again, it's not, a, it's not, it's not, well, she's lifting this much. So I need to lift this much. Like if you're exercising for the right reasons and you're just trying to get, um, the benefits of exercise. And like you said, you're in that maintaining period. You're probably not going to struggle with it's time to back off. Um, but again, if it's creating discomfort for you, maybe it is time to lower the weight. Maybe your alignment just isn't where it needs to be. Maybe you aren't able to engage your core the way you need to in order to do those front squats. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and for anybody, <clears throat> excuse me, for anybody listening as well, if, you know, if you have contractions or you have bleeding or you yes. have, you know, severe pain, like those are all definitely contraindications. And again, taking those to your provider and, and being able to be honest with that kind of stuff is so important because not 100%. everybody should be working out. And while I love to see, you know, pregnant women working out and like staying active and healthy, like there are some legitimate medical reasons why that you should be a lot more cautious with, um, with your workouts. So that's really, really yes. helpful. And those, yeah. And those medical contraindications that you're talking about are so important to be aware of. So I'm really glad that you brought those up. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well, Tessa, this has been so eye opening. I'm hoping that a lot of women take a lot of, um, things from this, whether they're pregnant or not, but if they want more mm-hmm. information or they want to come follow you, um, on social media, how can they find you? So on Instagram, it's just at body by mommy. Um, and then our website is www.bodybymommy.com. And we're also on Facebook where I run the body by mommy community and do workouts with women. So if you really just need more guidance with your exercise, more accountability, um, you can check out all of my stuff, all my content. I post workouts to my Instagram. So if you want to change up your exercise or add it to what you're currently doing, um, definitely check that out too. And I'm happy to answer any questions. Love it. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today, Tessa. Thank you so much for having me, Amber. I can't thank you enough. You are so awesome. Thanks for listening to the episode with Tessa. I hope that it was valuable for you. If if it was, will you please share this with somebody? Maybe you know someone who's pregnant in your life and could really use this podcast. Shoot them a text, give them the link to the podcast. And I love it when you guys share this uh, the podcast with the people that you love. That is one of the highest forms of compliments to me. And I, and I really appreciate it. That wraps up this episode of Biceps After Babies Radio. I'm Amber. Now go out and be strong because remember, my friend, you can do anything. Hold up, sister friend. Do you love Biceps After Babies Radio? If so, the best way to say thank you is to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review on iTunes. I know every podcaster wants you to leave a review, but it's because those reviews help the podcast to reach more people. And I do truly want to know what you think. 
If this particular episode resonated with you, will you also please share it? Either send the link to someone who would find it valuable or take a screenshot and post it to your social media and tell your friends and family why they should listen. Make sure you tag me at biceps.after.babies so I can hear your feedback and give you a little love. And you know, if you aren't already following me on Instagram or Facebook, that's the perfect time to hit that follow button. Thank you for being here and listening to Biceps After Babies Radio.